But now, with my son, I actually have a job description for him to say, oh, no, my dad, he's a musician. My dad, Bodie James. And looking at him, it just, it just, it brings the best out of me. That's hard. That's yeah. so fire. That's hard. That just yeah. gave me the chill. Yeah, that's yeah. hard. That's oh, Lord, Jesse made another one. Hey, what's going on, y'all? I'm your host, Brandon Jinx Jenkins, and welcome back to another episode of the Rap Caviar Podcast, which you can watch exclusively on Spotify. This week, we're dissecting Detroit's hip-hop scene, and to do that, we got some of the city's finest with us right here. So first up, he recently dropped his Chapters of the Trenches visual album. T. Grizzly, what's up, man? What's the word, buddy? What's up, what's up? And next up, he's a producer who's worked with everyone from 42 Doug to Ice Ray Vezo to Little Baby and plenty more. And Beast, what's going on, man? What up, though? And finally, his Fair Exchange No Robbery Project just came out in September, Boldy James. What's going where on? Yeah, where we at with it? Now, we were talking a little bit backstage about this, but um, Boldy, like, I remember you from when I was an intern, bro. Like, I was an intern working at Decon slash Mass Appeal at the time. Um, and the world looked completely different for a Detroit rap. So can, can we kind of think back to, I want to say, like, maybe 10, 11 years ago, like, what that looked like in the Detroit rap scene? And I feel like people like you were one of the artists that um, had a sound, but it maybe didn't reflect what we were seeing in mainstream Mainstream artists coming out that were also from Detroit. We was I was watching the um, phase out from hip hop to trap hop. That's what was going on. It's like the guys ain't on no the the art of it is hip hop. Mm-hmm. Just because in Detroit we was overshadowed by the other states and cities that was having motion at the time. So most of us was caught up in the streets in real life. So. You didn't even give it a chance to materialize. Like, people would go to the studio, and if you wasn't getting instant gratification, then you felt like, you you know what I mean, it was a poor investment. So, with the break of, you know, the internet phasing out from, you know, the somewhat analog phasing into the full-blown digital, they caught a wave where it's simpler, but... It's oversaturated, so you really got to stand out and be unique. Mm. You got to carve your own identity out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, with T and Ant, they broke a lot of ice on this new this new wave era. You know what I mean? Like like I say, I was just comparing T to, like, Victor Wimbiana. Which it's is something crazy. you've never seen before. Mm. Big fella playing like a guard. Yeah. But that's what that record did to Detroit. It broke the ice on the talent is here. The streets is here. You know what I'm saying? You look at everywhere for this and that, but it don't get no realer than this. If you look at time, you know what I'm saying, repeating itself, everybody from everywhere always wanted to be like the Detroiters. Mm. I feel like for you, man, um, kind of rewinding back to that time, like to come out with your own sound and your own identity, um, it's kind of hard in rap because there's it is so saturated and there's so many examples, especially in the early 2000s, even early 2010s, there are models out there that look like it works, right? Like, I think any rap fan is going to identify Eminem, the Big Sean's of the world, et cetera, et cetera, um, and trying to carve out your own identity. So I'm curious, in those early years, what was it that, and who were you working with that said, like, all right, I'm going to do it this way, I'm going to make my own sound, and I'm going to be Victor, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. It's like Bodhi said, right? And he put it so perfectly when he said, like, we was getting overshadowed by other cities. But it was really to a point where 
if you could just be the biggest in Detroit, that was enough for us. Mm. Like, that's how much we was getting overshadowed. Like, the ultimate fame for us was, I, I just want to run. If I could take over the city, then I, then I made it. I won. You know what I'm saying? So that was kind of the mindset because we were so overshadowed. You know, as far as, like, being a victor, I appreciate that too, bro. As far as being a victor, I never really sat down and said, let me do this or let me be a victor. It ain't nothing that you can plan. You know what I'm saying? I feel like this, it, you got to give it to God because it's like, if it's something you could plan or a formula, then you would do it. It's something, it's something that just happened. But I definitely was working with people who believed in me, like an aunt. I've been going to aunt house since I was in high school. <laughs> you feel me? And um, when I came home, I was having conversations with people who saw it before I saw it, like Bowden. Mm. He told me what it was going to do. I ain't even know. I, I'm not even thinking thinking at that level. You know what I'm saying? But it, it ended up happening, though. And just for the record, can we tell people what, what song and what record you're talking about? First day um, out. It was first day out. Look at me now, driving German engineering. You don't want your baby mama fuck. Keep the hoe from near me, Kilroy. Remember when I used to use your eels to hit the road, hit the O and make them big boy sales? I got a foresight because I'm just a realist. So I look at things for what they are. So the level of talent I was noticing in the city, they was top tier. Mm-hmm. So to see them come out on top through all the hate and all the, you know what I mean, the shuffleboard and all that, it just made me feel good because we probably, they probably can relate to this. We them kids that had to walk to school in the cold. Now we them parents who kids don't have to go through that. Mm-hmm. That's fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you think about those early days, um, how did you know what you guys were doing was working, right? Like, it's just like, because you're making art, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes there ain't a scoreboard. Like, Victor's one thing, but, like, we can check the score on him. Well, he's, that's, there's a there's stat line for that. How do you guys figure out what you're doing is working? And, again, you guys are going against um, several models that, to the outside, people, you know, in other regions, billboards, whatever, it looks like that's working. I mean, you really don't know. You know? <laughs> like, we really came from the mud, so it's like... We are just genuinely like these are my day ones. Like these people, these done been to, they done been to the crib. So it's like we doing music based off of us believing in each other and what we got going on. So it's like just like T was saying, if you get the city fame, you get the city, then you really won for real. Yeah. What is, does it? It feels like there's way more artists kind of coming out of Detroit right now, right? Mm-hmm. There's like a whole there's a whole slew of them, and everyone's kind of got their own thing, but also feels like there's like. A collective thought coming like it feels like you guys are representing the same thing um what's it feel like now to see so many more artists um contributing to the detroit story to detroit you know playbook it feel good like to just see all these like different sound like variations of our sound and all these different artists come in and we got people being they self yeah you know yeah detroit I mean, detroit always been relevant because of eminem since he been Making um, his presence felt in hip hop, Detroit has always been top dog because M been whooping ass. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So then you got a cat like Big Sean. He caught the Kanye wave early, and he was the most clean cut out the city. He was the only one I felt like didn't have no taint or tarnish on him or nothing keeping him from catching lightning in the bottle. Yeah, mm. T in the street doing shit that's derailing him from his path, or he could have been caught it. And 
trying to find his way through family and the hate and the weird shit that's going on in the city. Me, I'm trying to balance the books on family and struggle in the street. So we had a block up. So for us to break the block down and still get to the goal, I look at that as like, if I ain't trying to count nobody pockets, but let's say T got $10 million. Mm-hmm. He from the ghetto. That's $100 million to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if someone else sees that and they're like, all right, shit, they don't see that block anymore. They see y'all and they're like, all right, maybe I can get to it, right? Mm-hmm. How would you describe what's happening right now? Non-Detroiters are starting to pick up this sound. So how would you guys describe I'm a, I'm what you tell you, is happening? <clears throat> We was we was the first ones that was willing to get out there and be ugly. And I'm gonna tell you what I mean by that. I love that. Detroit sound always been like super authentic, super gritty. It wasn't never pretty enough for the industry. But we talking about everything we see, everything we know. You know what I'm saying? Because this is the life that we live in. Mm-hmm. And we jumped out there. This us, this the real. You feel me? And it probably wasn't marketable at first because it was ugly, it wasn't pretty. It's the streets. Yeah. Now that that people are starting to like it and people is getting turned out by the streets and they infatuated with, with this type of lifestyle. Everybody want to come out and, and portray this. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But we've yeah. been on this. Definitely. Like, even when, uh, like, at first, like, when I used to, like, travel, move around, go play beats for different artists, and I'd, like, try to slide in the Detroit beat, they'd be like, man, what's this, man? This shit trash, bro. Play really? something else. Yeah. Now... Like, if I go mm-hmm. to a session or something, man, no, oh, bro, play that shit you do for T. Grizzly. Play that shit you do for 4-2 Doug, man. We need yeah. that type of shit, man. Yeah. That's what we want. So, we definitely, yeah, it's that right now. When you say a Detroit beat, um, can you put that into words for uh, those that don't know? Ugly. Like, yeah. bro, say yeah. gritty. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. They got it. They even found a different pocket to ram on in the beat. Like yeah. they make memes and shit about Detroiters. Um, it say it got like a, a dude running and then a dude running right behind him, and it say Detroit niggas trying to catch the beat. Right? Yeah. They don't know a lot of that's on purpose mm. because so some of these dudes came from recording in studios where the latency was on the record. So the way they hear it. It was making them chase. They, you know, you know, you hear yourself before the actual recording. So, yeah. they, but then they start finding a uniqueness in it and doing it intentionally. Like, like Dude got a song called Marcelo, Marcelo Berlin. Is it? He left the beat and went so far off the beat that the beat caught back up with him. But it was intentional. Yeah. When you hear the song, he leaves the beat. But that's how he heard it. What do you think, like, it's crazy to think about that being a literal, like, <laughs> like a technical error, but there's beauty in the error, right? Like, there's beauty in the ugly, like, to be like, yo, there's a latency, like, there's like a, <laughs> there's like a sound delay. Mm-hmm. And being like, yo, we like this shit, like, we're going to make it ours in that way. Yeah, and they created their own identity out of just hearing something different. It's different. Everybody might rap on the 2468. Some mm-hmm. people rap on the, the odd parts of the beat, which, I, like I do, I got a left-handed flow. 
but they got a left-handed flow on bounce beats. Mm. So it's one of the most unique things you will ever hear because you can't dupe that if you're not from that world. If you didn't come from that era of actually hearing it like that, now you copying. I don't know if I listen to too much Boldy James because when he says left-handed flow, I know what he's talking about. And I'm over here like, I talk like that. I'm like, do I talk like that or do I just listen to too much of your shit? But can you just can you can you articulate left-handed flow? It's the it's a different pocket of the beat that we hear that we hear this rhyme scheme on that separate us from everybody else that write on the evens. In the hood they all stretch. Cause I'm the head nigga in charge like the boy pet. So if that bitch ain't supercharged, then it's a voice test. Then they had to park the Rory on the front porch step. They dance to the same beat of the drum. That... It might not even be a part in the... It might not even be a drum in the beat that you're rapping to. You feel me? You might be rapping to the piano or a lead in the background or, you know? Yeah. Something like that. It have been It have been times, like, I'll be recording, like, I record with Bodie, and he goes so far off the bounce <laughs> of the beat, and I'll be about to stop it, and I'll be listening. I'm like, you know, I'm going to just wait because he might be on the song. Yeah. And everything turned out crazy, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll see I'm about to fuck the song good and tell him to stop. <laughs> Do you feel like as a producer... um because a lot of that comes down to the engineer, the producer as well, to be able to, to catch that and know that it's right. So do you feel like even when like other people want the beat, do they necessarily know what to do with it? Because they might not, they don't have you there to be like, nah, let me be patient. Let me not like reset the room. Let me not tell him he's off. You know what I mean? Like, is that the I mean, difference sometimes between placing a beat and actually working with Detroit artists? So like most, well, most artists, I'm hands on. Mm. So I actually engineer too. I get in there, I engineer the session. Um, so in most cases, if I hear artists doing their thing and I don't agree with it at the time, sometimes I just give it a chance. And then I go back like, bro, I don't really like this. I ain't going to lie. Ant don't give me a chance, man. Ant <laughs> <laughs> don't give me a chance. He's like, no, that ain't it, bro. You got to, you know what I'm saying? Ant going to tell you in the studio. Like, he ain't one of them engineers or producers that's about to sit there and just let you do anything. Because mm. it's his beat, too, though. You can't like, imagine about to... what, what he expect out of you at this point. Even yeah. from scratch, him, him being a producer, <laughs> having the ear to know who's yeah. really going to go the distance with this. Yeah. You got imagine what he expect out of you. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. You know, so <laughs> our last session that me and Ant had, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, damn, what to do? And Ant was like, do this. And that shit turned out amazing, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, it turned out amazing. Yeah, no is this Is this song out yet, or is this like something you still... No, it ain't out yet. It's coming though. Okay. It's coming. Definitely coming. It's coming for sure. It's like it's like what he say about the left handed flow. It's like it's not common at all. Right? And it's an acquired taste. But if you pull it off, it's not gonna be nothing too much stuff that's better than it. The thing about the left handed flow though is like, um, let's say it's like the same as boxing or the same as dribbling or even skateboarding. I would say handwriting. Mm. I would put it I would compare it to handwriting. Because most people right handed. Mm-hmm. A lot of people right handed. Yeah. You know? So left-handed people is more unique. They even got scholarships if you left-handed. Yo, that shit's crazy. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The <laughs> like, percent of the world. Exactly. That shit's crazy. It just make you way more unique. That's why if you can pull it off, or you can compare it to a layup. You ain't going to see too many people come from the left. That's like a thing. That's a big thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes you guys unique is that, like, I love that you said left-handed flow because, like, you guys can play over here like, hey, I'm doing this and we're building this scene over there, but uh, you want me to come over here and play in this sandbox over here? You want a feature verse? You want me to do this? I can go right. That's right. But it's yeah. like, 
Like you dumbing yourself down a little bit. Yeah, it's like, well, I can do that. Everyone does that. Yeah. But like you got someone on the right hand to go left and they, they lose the dribble. Like mm -hmm. they start picking that yeah. shit up. I'm curious for you guys. Um, you talked about first day out being a big, um, a big shift. You know, we were off camera. You were saying it felt kind of like, um, sort of like dreams and nightmare kind of thing. Like you mm -hmm. said, it felt like that impactful to the city. Because it started off real subtle. Mm -hmm. And then when the beat dropped, you know, the club go, it turned upside down. Yeah. He got the same exact formula to the record, but it was his truth and his pain in that record. Mm -hmm. That would be in the, not being an important record for um, for the area. Are there other shifts you feel like that have altered um, this new, not this new scene, but this scene getting more light? And this could be anything. This can be from like you mentioned, internet technology. I got, I got one for you. Yeah. They don't give they don't get little bro enough credit. Okay, I swear, Bezo, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to be the best rapper in the city because he understands the numbers game. And he always make the right moves to where even if he's not per se top dog in the industry, in the city he been making a mark, right? And he collabs with the right artists that are top dogs in their city as well, or they might be labeled as, you know, somewhat having status in the industry. Yeah. So when those names are being brought up in those meetings in those boardrooms and shit, his name's gonna come up too. Why? Because mm -hmm. he got records with all of them. Yeah. He understands the numbers game. He understands the numbers is what it's about. So if he could do the numbers, he can yeah. keep furthering his career to big the bag up. That's genius. Right. And right. there's a way in which that, I imagine for the city, it brings other people through the door, right? And people start seeing it and be like, oh, we want something similar. We want a different, we want something similar like content-wise. Like before Soda died, Lonely as soda. Me and Ray was in Atlanta with Midnight before he got locked up. Free Midnight. Ray put me to the side and say, we having a deep conversation just about this music and what, can, what it could possibly be if, if we focus up. And I had just um, bumped my head on the case. I had caught a case running from the police, like I said. And, um... I'm trying to get myself back together mentally and my money right. So we have one of them conversations. It's a heart-to-heart. -heart, and he say, Bodie, if you want me to be honest, like, man, we all just be riding your wave, bro. Not saying riding my wave, but saying, like, how you going about doing it is the blueprint. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we follow more so of your blueprint, we we'll probably be having more success with this shit. But he didn't understand at the time. I was freelancing it just like him. Like, I seen him the other day, and I was talking to him about how good he is at club records. Mm. He said, buddy, I never knew I was good at making club records until I started getting the rhythm from the people to know this is, you know, I'm getting a good response from this particular type of record I'm making. So you just test the waters, and then you learn what's your strong points and your specialties. Do you feel like that's big in the city? Is that um, you guys have this freedom to experiment? I feel like sometimes you can have a, uh, you can be a part of a bigger lineage of artists, and because there's a sound, because there's an identity, it almost can be suffocating, right? It can be like it's hard to it's hard to pop off something new. It's hard to be experimental, um, to even be like yo to chase a beat, right? Like that's so 
it's simple, but it's so distinct. It's so different. Do you feel like experimentation is part of this shift for you all? I do because I feel like, like I said, we 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 not afraid to jump out and be the first to do something. Mm-hmm. So we always experimenting, and it's fun for us. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like we, one thing about us, we super creative. We when we really get in our creative bag, it's no telling what could come out of it, and we're not afraid to be the first one to do something. With that said, are there people that you all looked up to? Um, could be in the area, could be outside of the area, but like are the people you all looked up to when you were first starting? Like we had um. Previous episodes, we had no idea. He was sitting right here. And we were talking to him about, like, how he started to form his beats. And he was like, well, look, I'm from Chicago, but I'm from there at a certain time where there was no one before him. He's like, so I had to go. I, I pulled styles from other regions. And then over time, I didn't realize I was making a Chicago sound. I was just doing this thing. So he had no one really before him. But now you look at that and he's become, I mean, him to Kanye, that pipeline is crazy, right? Like, just to, like, the family tree. So for you all... um, are there people that are before you? Um, maybe even artists that the rest of the world doesn't know. Musically like, or just in general? I think musically. In Detroit, we probably looked up to the motion people was having, mm-hmm. but the part of the ghetto and the, the shit we didn't see where our eyes, that first hip-hop scene, we was only fans of the success of it they was having, not particularly the, the art, the music. No, you might, you might, you know, care for like, the rhyme scheme or something, but their conversation wasn't what we are used to hearing, mm, even yeah. amongst each other. Like, that's not how we talk to each other. That's not That's not how we live. Mm. You know what I'm saying? This shit is more hands-on. It's like really yellow line in the middle of the street. It ain't no sidewalk, you know, niggas barely off the porch just telling you from a third-person point of view this, this firsthand, you know, so... I don't think we looked up to too many people musically. The youngest might have looked up to me because I was having motion and I was really in the street. Because you got to think, like, Detroit bottomed out at one point in time. It was no jobs in the city, so everybody that was making it was all off hustling. We the kids of those people. Yeah. For me, I would say, like, the industry, like, real rappers, mainstream, that didn't even exist in, in my world. You know what I'm saying? When I'm coming up, my favorite artist, artist who I'm looking up to, was Detroit artists. Mm. Because like I said, like if you could get the city, then that's the biggest thing that, that you could hope for because we were so overshadowed, like bro said earlier. So who? Street Lord Wine. So Street Lord Wine, Team Eastside, Dope Boys, you know what I'm saying? All okay, that. You but what you, did, what you did, though, when you took it to that level, that was like unrealistic. Like I couldn't even believe it happened. I'm like, damn. like, And then people was telling me they know him. I'm like, bro, you don't know him. <laughs> he got he got a real career going on. You don't know him, but they say that about you now. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, like you don't know T Grizzly. Yeah, like my son, damn near his. <laughs> like damn, be looking at because you know I'm just daddy. I'm not yeah, Bobby James yeah. to them. Yeah, he's still T Grizzly to them. That's yeah. fire though. So it's like you don't know, and I'm thinking like, like I, you know, what I'm saying I watch them kids grow up. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. What What about for you? Um. Beat-wise, sound-wise, or even just art, recording artists? Well, artist-wise, like, everybody that we was looking up to was, like, niggas that was still in the streets. Mm. Like, the street lords and the... Trick, and, trick. Yeah. Shout out Big Unk. Yeah, shout mm-hmm. out. That's my blood uncle, by the way. Yeah, shout out uh, Trick, trick, for sure. You know, there's everybody who's still in the streets. But sound-wise, you know, I got to give it to Big Bro, hell of a... 
when you guys Manny around Fresh? at that time, like when Trick Trick, was, like were you guys like? Or we just went like, on the music scene, but we definitely heard about it in the streets. Yeah, you hearing about and, it in the streets? And you know, Trick yeah. Trick really pushed a mean front line in real life, so it was bigger than the music. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. he was the message he was bringing, so we gonna buy into anything he doing. That's a fact. And the reason, like, we loved our artists so much in the city is because we we go off authenticity. Yeah. So if you saying something, we have to believe it. Mm. And if we can't see you, we ain't saying anything. But if that's a fact. you rapping about this and we actually see it, no, he was really downtown and that, you know what I'm saying? We listen with our eyes now. Exactly, exactly. It'd be niggas that come in the studio with some shit they did that day. Yeah. And rap about it. It's funny, you guys were saying that about, like, um, about, like, the authenticity and the the content matters more than the the two words at the end of the line rhyming. You know, like, yo, know, it's like it'd rather be truth across two lines than it actually be like, you know, cat hat. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the rhyme scheme becomes second to to the language. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because that's what moves us. Mm. That's what makes us feel a certain type mm. of way. You can say yeah. anything, but if you rap about having a black and white hat and a black and white shirt, I I connect to that more. We got yeah. more substance because we see it. Have yeah. it on in the video. Don't, yeah. don't. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> I hate that shit when it's like it's a very specific line, and then you watch the video. I'm like, damn, it wasn't like even a car line. It's about like a hat. Like you could have, you could have went to the store and got the hat for the video. Um, you guys are talking about it, and but it's like it's it's a much bigger theme in the music. How does this city sort of geography, politics, uh, economics work into this? And I'm not talking about like who's running for city council, but I'm talking about like, you said like, there's no jobs and how that affects who you look up to and then also affects like the music you make and what you think is believable, what you think is real. They, they like I say, they they listen with their eyes nowadays. You know what I'm saying? So if they don't see it, they don't believe it. You know, you could be the best rapper in the world, but Detroit is going to call you on your, on your shit. You know what I mean? They, they feel like you're a cap star, they're going to call you on that. Mm. So when you hear T talking tall or you know what I'm saying? You hear me talking about all these slabs and all this shit. Like, I ain't never had a job a day in my life. You know what I mean? Like, until this rap shit, well, I still ain't never cashed a check, but I just started depositing the checks and shit from this rap shit. That's crazy. I love that, though. Like, it's so crazy how I was talking to someone about New York, and they were talking about um the next big New York star. They were They were talking about, like, a Biggie or uh, an ASAP Rocky type. And I mean, the drill scene is its own separate thing. Um, but I'm like, yo, they're talking about Harlem, for instance, the next big star out of Harlem. I'm like, how you gonna have a next big rap star out of Harlem and the neighbors being gentrified? Like, where is he, where's he gonna come from? What stories is he gonna tell when he's walking down the street and there's a Whole Foods and Starbucks and there's no one that looks like him anymore, right? Like, these shifts change what we believe. Or in Detroit, you guys, like, a place... They do what the cool kids did, though. Mm. You don't necessarily got to rap about you don't. being in the street. They can rap about something as simple as tying their gym shoes up, walking to the store, chewing bubble gum, and they make it sound like an action-packed film. And it changes, but it changes the content, right? And it's like for p- people to want what big, the biggie thing, I'm like, well, they might not be the landscape to make a biggie, right. but you might end up with an ASAP, right? It's like those things change the, the music you all make, but you or, guys are making something that feels cohesive. You might end up with whoever that person is because mm-hmm. one thing you can rap about after seeing that being gentrified, tell us about how it used to be rats and crackheads all on this corner, and now this is a Whole Foods and it's super safe. Yeah, but this used right. to be once upon a time, 
people used to be scared to come over here. And how you're dealing with that that change. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Watching the city get rebuilt is crazy too. Uh, yeah. Because we from when it looked like they dropped a bomb in the middle of it. Me watching the city get Mike Evolve. Illich and Dan Gilbert spend all that money downtown and buying up these homes and, you know, they tearing down the old homes, slapping up the little quick, uh, you know, the thin wall cribs. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy me seeing that because I went from looking at my block on Belvedere and Warren when the houses was pretty much all there not knowing I was in the ghetto to seeing them run it down, knowing I'm in the ghetto, moving to the west side, seeing uh, it's dressed up nice, but it's more dangerous over here than it is over there. Mm-hmm. Damn. Bad, bad for business. Detroit. That's crazy. Are there other, um, are there other through lines, like other themes or ideas that run across not all of what you all are making, but a lot of what the sound is now or the music is now. Like, um, you guys mentioned, like, you know, like kind of being behind the beat or like, you know, finding the 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 art in the ugly. Are there other themes and ideas you feel like run rampant in the music? I mean, it's like different variations, like different sounds of the same sound. Mm. You know, so you got the up-tempo, now it's like this super up tempo sound. Like our regular BPM be between like ninety and like a hundred. You got certain kids coming out rapping to hundred and fifteen BPM. What you think that shit double is? time with that's two hundred that's two hundred and thirty BPM. And it be just be super fast. Like shit. But it's working for them. What you think that shift is? Just a new generation of just different artists coming. And just them finding they self and finding they sound and them voicing their reality and their own timing. Mm. Do you guys feel like there's DNA? I mean, I think about institutions like uh, like Motown, right? Like um, being so important to music at large. Do you feel like any of the, that DNA is still present in some of the what you guys do, even if it's just like the tone of the music? Like, yeah, for I, sure. I don't want to say Detroit makes the blues, but the content sometimes feels, it still feels like a soul city. You know, like I would say, I consider a lot of music y'all make um, soul music. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it's not... I don't mean, like, the same instruments, but I mean, like, the way it makes you feel, the tone, yeah, you know? definitely. You say it come from the soul. Yeah, and, like, you know, it's like, yo, go listen to, um, what, those Marvin Gaye records when he's working with Motown, right? And it's like, yo, anyone can sing about the shit he's singing about, but, like, when he's working with Perry Gordy, that shit, it sounds different, and the artist that he's picking up sounds different, and I feel like a lot of the music y'all make has... A similar idea in it, right? You guys aren't carrying a note, but it's still go let someone else rap one of these words and it don't sound exactly the same, you know? So I'm curious, like, do you guys feel like that kind of stuff is, like, present in the music? Put it on the flow. Who are y'all think is, um, is gonna stand the test of time? Who's up and coming? Like, all the youngest, like, cause y'all, y'all know better than me now. You know, I'm, Y'all like the cutoff point from where, like, my man can even <laughs> keep up with all this. You feel me? It's a lot of youngest that y'all work with and y'all know that's about to come up and do big numbers in the city. Who are they? I, I, I'm going to go first, right? Nah. So first, for your question, right, you saying, like, is that soul still there? I feel like when you when you, when you in the city or working with somebody from the city, it ain't it ain't about making a song about fun and, like, making you, like, you know what I'm saying? Dancing. It's not about none of that. 
it's about like reality, substance. Like let's get back to reality. Mm. You know, so you gonna feel that. A lot of other places and a lot of other people, it's about fun. I want people to feel good and all this and that. And it's like, I want people to feel how I'm feeling. You know what I'm saying? In the city. Now, as far as like who gonna stand the test of time, right? I feel like it's definitely a difference between talent and catching a wave or or having something that's a trend, mm. right? Now, it is some people that I find super talented and I feel like they're going to forever eat and forever win, you know? And the people who, like, doing stuff that's, like, cool at that moment, like, all right, bet that sound good, that's very random for now, you know what I'm saying, got people's attention, it's here today, gone tomorrow. Right. It's fast food. Exactly, exactly, for sure. It's kind of like, it's kind of like with you, right? I feel like 20, 30 years ago, Go, could go by and you still gonna be able to get money off of music because it's 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 very like not only is it authentic not only are you being yourself but you have a real talent thank you bro bro you know what I'm saying you you got a gift with with making good music that I yeah. like and I don't like everything right you feel me like some stuff I don't even want to hear you shouldn't you're too crafty with this that's just like beats know the difference between somebody that makes something completely different than where his brain stretched to and can still give it credit as opposed to hearing some little dude that's just trying to copy and dupe and paste the blueprint to just get a catch some rhythm with it. But he already loved producing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like Soul Food Sunday, you know, and... Mm-hmm. Taco Tuesday. Facts. <laughs> but one thing I can't say though, right? For the for the artists that's that's giving us fast food, one way that they can survive, you know, and this is some good advice if you know you're one of those people, you gotta continue to re reinvent yourself. Mm. Always you have to continue to re now we all have to adapt, right? But these people have to continue continuously reinvent themselves. They have to. Like example, like wine, right? So far gone. Now, if that came out today, I feel like it would have the same impact. Yeah. Now, that's some. That's yeah. That's what timeless is to me. Mm-hmm. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. But if you did something for TikTok, <laughs> yeah. ten years later, twelve yeah. years later, it ain't gonna matter. What you think that is? You think that's like context? Because I think about. Um, TikTok feels like those kind of things feel like they lack context, right? Like they just exist on a shelf somewhere. But like it could exist in any any Walmart. Walmart's a franchise. It exists in any Walmart across America and you could buy that, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's like something different about the bodega. Like you could go in your shop and when you walk in there, they might have a product specifically because you asked for it or they might have held it for you or you might be short and they'll hold you down. There's more of like context there. There's more relationship with it. I feel like, bro, it's... it's- Wheat Timberlands and then Polo Boots. I feel like it's like that. Mm. And we know how long Polo Boots last. <laughs> Which is crazy because there's gonna be there's gonna be a Polo Boot contingency that's gonna be upset with you right now. They're gonna be like <laughs> I mean, listen. But I hear you. And it's close, but it's like what that line is. Um yeah, it's like I'm so I'm curious for you all, like who are some of the people you guys feel like are coming up next that you like you believe, um, forget the wave, have talent. I feel like PZ got talent. 
Mm. I feel like Ray got talent. Vez got mm. talent. Payroll got talent. I like Baby Tron. Mm. I like Baby Money. Love Baby Money. I like Baby Money too. Who else in the city? Um, ba- baby Money got a left-handed flow too. Definitely. Yeah, he, he lefty too though. Yeah. yeah. Baby Tron don't get enough credit. No, you don't. For being baby, baby Tron ain't scared to be himself. All right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's not scared to be himself. I like Baby Tron too. Yeah, definitely Ray. For sure. And we we done watched Vezo reinvent himself so many times. So many times. Right. He bro. doesn't have yeah. to. He's just conscious of knowing what it takes to keep winning. Now listen, right? The way he reinvent himself. It's not like he reinventing himself for current times. He re- he reinvent himself to be ahead of what's going on right now. Yeah. Right? Mm. And to me, he always until until Peasy focused up until T came to the scene smashing. Viz always looked the best doing the music to me. He had the it factor. Mm. So that's what I was saying about him. He doesn't have to make the best records. It's just him. And now he's in such a great spot, you know. Yeah, great yeah. spot, great yeah. spot. Yeah, he he been in a couple good situations, you know what I'm saying. But I think this situation is best suitable and conducive for what he really trying to do with his career because that's the type of artist he is. He likes collabing with the people that run the clubs, and he likes the mm. the club market. See, me, I'm underground king. I don't, I barely even go to the club unless my sister Double D drag me out, mm-hmm. and I'm just really going there to. Goon with her and make sure, you know what I'm saying. I don't got a swing no a swing on nobody for playing with my sister because she's richer than half of the people in the bar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't make club records for a reason. Yeah, because I'm always in the street. I want to talk to you about that, man. Because I remember, like, again, like being an intern and yo listen to the records. We were like, we were working at that small record label and you know working these records. I didn't know shit about the business. I was just excited to be around rap. And the music you were making, again, a lot of us didn't know the whole Detroit texture. Um, it felt like if we play, if we fast forward to now, it was ahead of its time, you know. But I'm curious of how you felt like that whole journey. I mean, of just deciding like, yo, I'm going to stick with this. And that's my that's my perspective. There's a world where you have reinvented yourself, and I don't I don't understand in which ways. So I'm curious for you, like, what is it like that test of time? And sticking to the vision and carrying other people along with you. I'm honestly not doing nothing no different. You feel, yeah. so you don't feel like you reinvented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had to get back working. I come up during the golden era where you got Jay Z, Big, yeah, Nas, mm-hmm. Scarface, Snoop. You know, I grew up listening to Twisted Speed, not Mobsters. You know what I'm saying? Like, so my taste palette. It's broad. You know what I'm saying? But that was the golden era of rap where niggas was really rapping. Yeah. So that's why I really rap. And then I got them in the city that come up. Like, my youngest in the city, they influenced me to do certain things different. I don't got to switch it too much because I still got my OG stubborn ways about me, but I understand evolution. I understand, you know what I'm saying, being current to keep to stay relevant enough to keep the ball rolling on the career. You know what I mean? It's not uh it's not too many people that 
ruffle my tail feathers or tickle my fancy with the music. But these two guys that I'm sitting in front of right mm-hmm. now, and I I feel like they won't be offended me saying this, but I'm really proud of these guys. See, you can't really say you proud of me without helping support the success of it or at least the emotion I was going through while I'm trying to capture this, while I'm trying to capture lightning in the bottle. You yeah. know what I mean? These guys motivate me because I know it's even more possible than even where I took it, watching them. Mm. All right, I got a new cheat code for you too, T. Congratulations on you getting married too, bro, bro. Appreciate it. Fatherhood. Appreciate it. That's the new cheat code to the, the music. You know how you be thinking like, damn, well, I'm going to take this shit to next. I done broke so much ice with this, that, this, and the third. Mm. Beast can agree to this. Looking at them kids, it make you want to snatch a star out the sky. So Maybe. me looking at my son, knowing where I come from, knowing how my dad was there for me. Because I didn't grow up my mom, I grew up my pops. Everything he instilled in me never gave up on me. My pops never even told me to get a job. When I started going crooked and veering off, he just was like, hey, you crash off, you crash off. You know what I'm saying? That's on you. I mm-hmm. loved you. I tried my heart out. But at this point, you got to think for yourself. I'm, a, You know what I mean? And my son, I know he got this bloodline in him yeah. to veer off. So it make me want to get myself together. See, this giving me the chills even talking about this. Like, Yeah. It made me want to focus up, keep my, at least in front of him, keep it on the straight and narrow mm-hmm. in front of him enough for him not to go too far left because career day for my daughter uh, a minute ago, maybe like, I've been a professional musician for how long, you say, 10 years? I mean, when I'm, that was 20, 11, yeah, 10, 11, 12 years. Okay. Yeah. So when my daughter first started going to school and they was having a little career day and stuff, they would ask my daughter what her parents did. Her mama never worked. She knew what I did, but she knew she couldn't speak on it. So she'd be at the school. like. But now with my son, I actually have a job description for him to say, oh, no, my dad, he's a musician. My dad, Bodie James. And looking at him, it just, it just, it brings the best out of me. That's hard. That's yeah. so fire. That's hard. That just yeah. gave me the chance. Yeah, that's yeah. hard. That's too hard. <laughs> Damn. The funny yeah. thing, like, I'm not going to say you can hear it in the music because I didn't even know all that, but the music is so potent now, bro. So potent. Like, um, and it's fun for me just just in even my own career, selfishly, my own career journey being like, damn, like I remember them tapes. You know what I mean? I love seeing you, that said is right there. You know what I mean? Like, it's my brother. He's going to always yeah. be right there. But like that, um, that place, all the things you're talking about, the authenticity, the story, and the purpose behind it. Um, I hope the audience can put it all together because I am right now. Yeah. Um, that might be the realest shit I've heard sitting in this seat since we've been doing this, this yeah. show. That's I love great. that. Man, we... Like I say, that's where we from. We was really raised like we got some sense. It might not look like it, the way we conduct ourselves to make it happen, because we mm. from where if you don't got it, you got to take it. Mm. Right. You know what I mean? So with that being said, you pretty much already know the nature of the beast. So that's something I work on myself every day. Like I'm, I'm a work in progress every day. I work on myself every day. I try to rid myself of the evils and stay on the straight and narrow, do the, you know what I mean? But we from the city of... Demons. 
How are you with, um, first of all, how old is your child? He just turned 19. He, he'll be 19 months at the end of this month. So he walking off, Damn, that's kicking it with you everything. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. How are you with adjusting to fatherhood? I feel like for me, I had a good example of what not to do, how not to be. Was your dad there for you? My pops was, but I ain't not all my life, though. And I know how bad I wanted them, though. In the early years, I know how bad I wanted them. I knew exactly what I wanted from them, and I knew how exactly how I wanted him to treat me. He locked up? No, he got took, killed. He, oh, your daddy died? Yeah, yeah. Hey, how old were you? I was like 17. Oh, yeah, so you really got to know him, man. Exactly. Like, that was my that was my guy, you know. But I know exactly what I wanted, though, from him. So now I know exactly what to get my son. It's kind of like somebody who in the streets. Mm. We was all in the streets, right? It was certain things that we needed to hear for us to change our ways. Mm-hmm. So now when I talk to people, I know exactly what you need to hear. I'm qualified to talk to you. Right. You feel mm. me? Like, first and foremost, if you want me to change or stop doing this, give me something to look forward to because I think this is going to give me everything I want. You feel me? So yeah. I, I I know the mindset you know, so with fatherhood, it's like I know what I I know what I wish would have happened for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just got to be that. One thing we haven't talked about that's a huge part of lineage is uh, Jay Dilla. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and it's funny because you guys are talking about that beat thing and the timing, and it's the same shit. Like, it's that like it's a hair off this way, hair off yeah. that way, and like, and people can't figure out what it is that makes that so special. So I'm curious for you, and as a uh, producer, mm-hmm. and ha- and having the ear, and also an architect of your scene. Um, what is Jay Dilla's significance in the whole scene? Don't care factor. Like, you don't care what nobody else thinks you're doing. You're doing it because it's making you feel good. Mm. So it's just like, all right, I'm about to make this pack of beats, right? And it's like, I like them. If you like them, it's on you. If you don't, oh well, somebody else going to get it. And it might not work for you, but it might work for somebody else. Facts. I done played beats with some people. Like, uh... I done played, like, for example, I played the You Dig beat for Doug at first. But he was like, can go to something else. Somehow Lil Baby got the beat. Through, uh, I believe it's through V's. He got the beat. And Doug ended up on it anyway. But it wasn't for him at the time. Yeah. And Lil Baby got it and went crazy on it. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, they all went crazy on it. So it's just a don't care factor. Just yeah. doing what I want to do. Like I did that beat. I didn't do no do that beat because somebody asked me to do it. I did it because I wanted to. That's that ear. Yeah, that's that ear. And you one of my favorite producers, bro. Appreciate you, bro. For so you one of my favorite rappers. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, you already know. <laughs> I met T. He was one like of my favorite people, bro. You know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, we heard another you conversation. Me one. I just like he got one of my hottest. Projects up to date. He he just whipped me back in shape to even give me my music back moving. You know me, I keep it in that one bag where you mm. know where you just be on your grown man, big form. You know you ain't really into all that today. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You don't really want <laughs> nobody screaming at you. And yeah. The the music, the drums beating you upside your head all mm-hmm. day, so you would come down to our world. Yeah, you know yeah. What I'm saying, and he just whipped me back in shape to where. I got records that Tia actually hop on. Like he, the beats, the beat selection that he picked and carved out for me. He let me pick all the beats. Yeah, and, and he picked them right because I don't think it's nothing 
none of the none of the guys pick if he would have put those beats and gave T the the um the these the, uh, you know what I'm saying this pack, this, yeah. this pack of beats mm-hmm. I don't think T would have picked none of them yeah mm-hmm. said, I ain't gonna, I'm gonna keep it a buck though with me and Ant in the studio I don't really be saying go to the next one a lot bro <laughs> do I ever do that first <laughs> no, beat he ever he played on the beat he pick he pick my beat. I just be like, here, this is what you're rapping on today. What's the vision with that? Like you just you just know him. Yeah. You just know. It's just like what you know I hear him better on. than a lot of people. Like yeah. I might make a beat and I hear T on it. Hey, I'm gonna keep on bugging until you do it. Like, bro, I know you're gonna go crazy when you do it, bro. Just listen to me, bro. Yeah, thanks. And he'd come on beats. Yeah. I wanted to um I wanna talk to you guys about your working yeah. relationship, but I wanna circle back to Dilla. You gotta you gotta you got a pack of Dilla beats? I got the last of the Dilla stash. I got an entirely produced Jay Dilla project. People don't know that's Black Woodstock. They don't know. Like, when I put that out, ghetto Woodstock. We, You got to walk me through this as much as you can. I'll send it to you. Damn. No, you my guy. Bro. We've been doing this since True Religion hoodies. You hear me? <laughs> Yo, that's a that fact. me through. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it to you, T. I'll send you whatever. This, bro, bro. this project. So how do you even get, like, you got this Dilla pack, right? These last of the Dilla beats. Um, how does that come about? And I don't even know what question to ask. Like, that just throws me so okay, far. Okay, look. So loop. everybody in the city was feeling entitled to Jay Dilla's music. Mm-hmm. His, his um, what you call it, uh, his estate. Yeah. The whole world is pulling him apart. You know, okay. women, museums here, there. Check yeah. it out. So all the hip-hoppers in the city, it was a dude named JT that was working with Miss Yancey. He was in control of the estate at the time. Mm-hmm. They put a, a Jay Dilla project out, and he gave me a solo on it. And everybody that knew Dilla and worked with him and felt entitled to the Miss Miss Yancey play in all the Jay Dilla estate, JT felt some type of way about that. So me not knowing, having no knowledge of even who Jay Dilla really was in the sense of like, um, I knew he was a producer from the city that had been making noise, kicking ass with Slum Village and, yep. you know, spreading his his sound throughout that, that uh, neo-soul, lo-fi type of yeah. world, you know what I'm saying? Um, I was familiar with that, but I wasn't particularly like I. You know, we we want to hear Blay, Icewood, mm. Street Lord Wine. You know what I'm saying? Rock Bottom. You know, then the Doughboys start doing their thing. You got Team Me. Like I want, I want to. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm listening to gutter shit. So JT was like, since Bodie don't got nothing to do with none of this, I'm gonna just do this to make everybody mad. Give me the solo on the project. So I caught a whole bunch of backlash from that, you feel me? But I wasn't paying niggas no attention, you know what I'm saying? Then they cut into me about doing a whole project. He like, look, I got these beats. Everybody trying to, you know, hound me over them. And then they want to smoke me over this shit. He like, I'm going to just give it to you. You the only one in deserving of it. So I told him I was going to call it Drug Dealer. You feel Dang. me? Cause I'm on the bitch. I'm on some Jay Dilla beats rapping about how I really shake a bag. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard, bro. That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It's so crazy, and I can do the the loop to like I'm thinking about what Dilla means to folks like like Madlib and how that just it is your world, you mm-hmm. know? And like oh, that's coming next. I got some Mad. I'm a, I'm gonna come Madlib. Um, but we about to break. I'm glad this conversation was sparked because we about to make a concentrated effort to break down every barrier we can possibly break down to make 
Detroit's mark stronger than it ever been and that the flag or just remain up. Mm. Got to do that, like, on all levels. Like, not just one particular sound, not one particular demographic, but start chopping it. You know, the producers like Alchemist, Harry Fraud, the Jay Dillers, the Hit Boys, the Ant Beats, the, you know, the Kanye's. The, you got to gotta tap into all those networks to show them, like, because T is very versatile, you know what I'm saying, with the music. He can rap on pretty much anything, just like me. Mm. You know what I mean? If I if I feel it, I can hear it. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes it'll take for somebody like him to set a blueprint. So I say, okay, this is where we're going with it. Now, that'll make it easier for me because he really can rap. Yeah. So it'll help me. Mm-hmm. It, it, it helped me be creative in my own writing, how I cook. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then now we got a whole different sound thing it's like also this trust and this working relationship yeah. you guys have it's like his world it's his world and we are we the mafia my world. bro it's a, it's a circle of, yeah. of good fellas you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. you either in or you not mm. it's that simple what does Detroit's music scene need more of I feel like we gotta merge together more it'd take for us to run a, a, the offense though we had to run like a, a powerhouse backfield if we was Notre Dame or it'd take for us to or or not just us, guys that's like-minded, mm-hmm. like us, from the city, to motivate people with what they're doing and pull people in to try to come up with these different ideas, different sounds, different, you know what I'm saying? Because they all spin off into, you know how when you sit back and you listen to your records, you might have deal with whoever. You're like, damn, I didn't know this was this hard. Or it might not have dawned on you then, but you might hear it later and be like, this the one. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Fact. That's a fact. That's right. I feel like I feel like it's just it's main, the main thing is more unity though because you got so many factors in the city, right? I'm not the nine factors, the factors, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you bring it all together, it's a powerhouse. It's like a group of good fellas, like he said. Yeah, it's a powerhouse. So if that if that happens, you know, you guys mentioned unity. Um, how do you create that, right? Because also this feels like such it's like a time where like everyone's looking at y'all and I, I'm talking about the music industry, but you guys are talking about something bigger. You guys are talking about your city and yeah, right. Yeah. And there's a real value in that. Like we've seen that happen in other areas and regions where like it legit change. It has a ripple effect. That's so much bigger than music. Like, yeah. See, by us being from Detroit, it's, 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 it's stuff that happens yeah. outside of the music mm-hmm. industry that make it impossible to come together. Mm. Because like I say, it's authentic. All the stuff that we rapping about, that's 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 what we that's where we live. And ain't nobody in our city but us. Yeah. So it's all happening to each other in different type of ways. Right? So you know what I'm saying? It's just like you not that we got it. one for in, one foot out, but we all got passed. Yeah. And we don't know who people's is, you know what I'm saying? Shit like that. Yeah. Like Ant had to get on my ass a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? But yeah. it's like where we come from, you got to be careful with who you do connect and merge with, mm-hmm. because she can get real. It can go from it can go from music to the streets like that. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful who you merge with. with that shit. I'm working on an album right now. I'm working on the project, and it was like it's about to be like my version, the Detroit version, or like the DJ Khaled. So I'm like baby stepping the unity. So, but I still got to ask and like, you know, hey, hey, bro, you cool being on a song with this person or that person? You know what I'm saying? Just out of respect. 
But, I mean, if it can't come together for certain projects, then I, I'm setting the tone. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about the role that the producer plays and just that ear and the architect, because it is that. It's like a lot of times our producers be like Switzerland, you know? It's like yeah. so many people come in and out of the studio and the beats, and it's like you might have a hard drive full of a lot of politics, but a lot of great music, <sighs> Definitely. you know? And it's like there's a there's a responsibility and a... Um, and the power in being in the role you're in to be able to be like, you know what, like, I know this works and sometimes it takes the evidence of it working for people to be like, this is so good. Let's figure out some of this other shit. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you still got the street politics though at mm -hmm. the end of the day. So, I mean, it's just like, you just gotta shoot your idea, shoot your ideal out there and just see if it work. If it work, it work. If it don't, we on to the next one. Yeah, we on yeah. the next project. I want to ask you a question, bro. Mm -hmm. What would you say the difference is? Is that cool? That's my that's my favorite shit. I, oh, I want y'all to do bet, it more. Bet, I, yeah, y'all y'all talk to each other. What would you say the difference is between the street politics now and the street politics when it was street lawyers and rock bottom? You showed these boys there's some millions in this, so that got more people attention. See, they wasn't getting to nothing but a bag then. It wasn't no real bread being broken. Even the deals they was getting, it wasn't no, you know, even the offers that was on the table, it wasn't for no real money. You let them know that a street nigga can hit big, bro. So it got everybody attention and it makes, it makes people want to click in. You know what I'm saying? Like the street politics is a lot different because it's still the same blood on everything. You know what I'm saying? But, People tired of being broke too, T. They tired of they people getting hurt. Like like people might try to be tough. You know, we real stubborn. You just as stubborn as me when it comes to certain things. You know what I'm saying? But you get tired of certain things too. Mm -hmm. So we all know trying to make it better. So if you giving somebody an opportunity to shine your light on them, you got their attention more to even hear you out. Put the guns down. Put the beef behind you. Feel me? Like, without the money, ain't no truce in it. Right. It's just more blood. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. You know, Antos, he's working on a project. Boldy's got drug... Also, drug dealer's such a fucking good... I got a dope line, right? <laughs> That's such a crazy... <laughs> I say on the Nicholas Craven shit, this is my favorite line off the whole shit. I said some shit on there. Because, you know, you listen to my music, you can tell I'm more intelligent than you give me credit for. Because I got an eighth grade education. You know how to say highest level of education completed? Mm -hmm. I ain't passed the ninth grade. I dropped out of school. Dropped out of Cooley High, right? And people talk to me, T, and they be thinking like, man, I can't talk to Buddy. He's too smart. He be talking over my head and all this intelligent ass shit. But don't know. They went further than, than, to, than in school than me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So life been my my life coach, you know what I mean? And it was this one line that caught me when I was, you know how you hear the album mixed and you ride into it just trying to digest it. It was only one that really stuck to my ribs. It say, uh, I just pray to God that he don't let my past hunt me and I can count my sins out in all cash money. That's deep, ain't it? That's deep as hell, bro. Hell yeah. God damn. Right? <laughs> It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people that can count their sins out in cash money. But guess what though, they don't know how to word that like that. Mm -hmm. Or they so not in acceptance to receive the, the blessing that's after that. Yeah, yeah. 
I do want to. I do want to ask y'all something though. I'm at a point where I want to go into like just strictly doing like all stories. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm gonna have a couple like regular songs mixed in here and there, but for the most part, I think I want to fill in that gap of like storytelling and music, like real storytelling. And um, I think I'm. I think I can do it. Like I can do it. But what what do y'all think about that though? It's it's gonna be fun, bro. You gotta remember this. This not you trying to figure it out no more. This you trying to keep the audience's attention. Yeah. What's better than that? Yeah. They don't want to, because you know they want to look at the visual. Yeah. What's yeah. better than seeing exactly everything you hear? Yeah. The visuals. What's better than that? That's right. The visuals is crazy. I think as a rap fan, like, when you look at complete scenes, right, like, sometimes we overbreak shit down. You got to have this piece, this piece, this piece. But... When you look at what it means for a scene to be born, like when you talk about you're talking about you know massive cities, we're talking about Atlanta, the New York, Chicago. Um, what you guys do, which is really crazy, is it's like I, I can't even really describe it, but it's like a lot of flashes of imagery, so it makes it really attainable and everyone can feel like it. When you tell stories, stories are massively relatable, but also because you're telling a narrative, people also start to realize, oh, that story can only be told this way, and. It's to me. It's the la It's one of the pieces that locks the scene in, mm -hmm. right? And for you guys to also tell shit that's real, completely different. Like you think about what an album that's full of narrative, like what Illmatic means to people. There's just like there's two or three stories on that, and it might even be for a verse. But people are like, damn, because and they, that to them is the same as like we're talking about education. Like for them, they might see that more than they see like a, a children's story or a book. No, oh, that's real because you know? because I was a radio kid and um. Besides, like my pops, hands on or like just certain things. I knew his. He knew his chip was in me. Mm -hmm. The radio raised me. Yo, I I think about. You feel me? I really grew up like a radio kid. I wasn't a TV kid. I was a radio kid. I, long as that radio was right there, I was cool, bro. And the ill thing about stories with the radio is that, um, what it does to your audience, it makes them. You're not. You're not showing it to them. You're telling it to them, so they got to do some of the work. It's why people like books more. That's why you remember a book more than a movie, and you get to watch the movie. You're like, damn, it should look different, because it makes them connect with you. Because it's just that story. Mm -hmm. You're you're the you're the book, not the movie. Mm -hmm. It's I, I think as a rap journalist fan of how we like well this piece and this piece makes it. I think it's an important piece to making a scene sturdy and have and having have longevity beyond when the cars switch up and the the the, the name drops switch up and people can't figure out exactly what happened. I think it does that. How many of your cars can you rap about? How much? I mean, you could do this all day. You know what I'm saying? But at some point, like, it gets redundant to the listener, right? Like, how many of your whips can you rap about? How many of your big chains can you rap about? How many times can you take a chick down? Mm -hmm. How many times can you go to the club? You know what I mean? Like, you got three sides to every story, right? You got your side. You got their side. Then you got the <laughs> truth, right? <laughs> but then... Like he say, it's only one way that story can really be told by the person that actually experienced it from every angle. So you giving visuals and it's word for word lining up. It's like a pop-up book. That's what our music remind me of. Like, mm. like all the music you make with the guys that you work with, yeah. the music you make, everything in the city, it's like a pop-up book. Some, it jump off the paper more than others, but they all like pop-up books because I know these certain stories in these books. I mean, you know, I don't know everybody's life through and through, through page one through, you know what I'm saying, the ending of the book, but 
I know certain pages and chapters out the book to where, you know, you probably used to do a book report the same way. Just read the back of it, reword it, turn it in. Yeah. You feel me? That's how I'm reading these albums and these, I do my assessment of who the musician is that's coming up with these compositions and these stories and, you know what I'm saying, these rhyme schemes and shit. And that's why I'm making my assessment of who that person is behind the music they make. And then it helps if I know them personally, like you, Beats. People don't understand how humble, but how how big of a level that you really work on with, with spreading, you know what I'm saying, the ant beats, the beat gang sound around the city. They don't understand, like, you really rooted in that. That flag been planted, you know what I mean? So, you know, you don't get enough credit, bro, bro. You don't. Because you the one out of all of them, because... We all rock with you. We all necessarily don't rock with everybody else. Right. We all fuck with you, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's because we got like actual relationships and but, shit just been genuine. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. ain't gonna lie though. When I first like start like hearing your beats, bro, I had this feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like I had this feeling, like damn, like this and beats beat crazy, right? <laughs> I still get that feeling. Yeah, I still get the feeling, bro. And this was years and years and years ago. Even after working with Almost countless producers yeah. that's making the mark in the game, you still can appreciate and beast game where this shit started from. That mean a lot though. What when is, when what did is you it? first start making? My bad. When did you first start making? When you make your first beat? Like two thousand three. Oh three. And when was you like? Damn. <laughs> when was you like? I can do this. Um, Not even I can do this. I'm one of the ones. Like, See, I was rapping that first for real. You cold so at that, people don't that know. You a lot. The dudes who were really nice, they they was rapping. And you was making beats so you could yeah. rap on them? Yeah, I was in a rap group. And we was making our own beats. But the politics of that, just, it, it was too stressful for me. So I was like, I'm just sticking. <laughs> I met to- Beats on Inkster in 96. <laughs> yeah. At, at <laughs> oh, I thought about that one studio. No, it wasn't the studio. It's right off the freeway. When you make the left off the freeway right there, it's a little hall right there. We had mm-hmm. a show in it. Mm-hmm. Sweets was his uncle Sweets was, was at the door. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I come in and shit. My man was performing that night. I think uh I might have been with Bo Ski, bro. Mm-hmm. But we go in there and I never seen Ant this hyper in my life, bro. He was performing. <laughs> man, I seen my nigga turn and he never been like that since I met him. He been <laughs> Like, I ain't even know you can do that, bro. Yeah, damn, I wish I could have saw that. Oh, I had my soul. T, I'm man. looking like, to know him yeah. now and to think then, I was like, damn, you two, y'all two entirely different people. Yeah, and he, he acting way more reserved now. <laughs> Which y'all, got, y'all know, though, as artists, though, it's like when you go out on that stage, you done just got transformed. Like, That's right. You got to shift in the character. That's right. Yeah, You know what's crazy, too? Like, you had mentioned fatherhood earlier. Like, early on, like, I was seeing Ant be, like, a great father. Super early. You know what I'm saying? That taught me something. That always stuck with me. Damn. You feel me? Because no matter what he had going on. Yeah. He, you feel me? Yeah, I seen it. right there. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I the that. truth. I seen it. You but it. I, I commend that. Like, people don't know, like, me noticing things like that, it made me more locked in with him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the that's the stuff that just go unmentioned, you know what I'm saying? But 
it go unnoticed to the real ones, you know what I mean? Like, Beats really been 100 to all of us. Never did no disloyal, fake, flaky, none of that. Always the same rapport, same energy, 100. That's a fact. You know, it's funny because um, when you do this work about the scene a lot of time, uh, the audience, uh, myself included, we, we pay attention to the recording artists sometimes, so we can't figure out all the mechanisms of why something's working, right? It could be like... It, it could be as crazy as they got a great lawyer. It could be as crazy as this city is like really small and everyone works together. Or it could be that um, someone's really diplomatic and thoughtful and has a good demeanor and is trustworthy. And that's what this thing's happening. We're just on the receiving and getting the product. You know, mm-hmm. just these days it comes right to your fucking phone. And we have no clue all the the effort and mechanism and visuals and uh, trust that goes on in your scene. He deserve everything that Scott Storch has got, the Timberlands. Mm-hmm. He deserve all that, all yeah. the accolades. Like, for what he mean to our city, he deserve that same recognition and those same accolades from his hard work and efforts he's been putting in for so long. That's fair. That mean a lot, bro. That's a fact. This has been one of my favorite conversations. Um, I, like, knew it would be about music, but I knew who was coming in, and I thought it would go bigger um, and have more depth to it. And, um, and you funny, you say the left hand the left hand dribble but you y- y'all think like that um it's my favorite way to talk about art and music and, and just life man so thank y'all for pulling up man yeah, appreciate, appreciate it. you appreciate it. Us, man yeah.